0: Today is Friday, December the 14th, 2018, and this is Life Words Day by Day. What would you say is one of your life's greatest pursuits? If we don't take time to think about this, to plan our lives around pursuits, then what usually happens is that life just kind of drifts. We drift in our jobs with no real aim or purpose. We drift in our relationships. We drift from one week to the next, one season to the next, with no real advancement, growth, or change in our lives. So I think it's important to have goals and bucket lists and pursuits. They give us something for which to wake up. They keep us going. So do you have a pursuit? And if you do, what are you doing to reach it? Are you planning and studying and saving and sacrificing and working and training? What are you doing to actually pursue. Pursue is an action word. It's movement, it's energy being exerted. And does God give us any direction in his word as to what are worthy pursuits, what are primary and essential pursuits? Well, part of the Christmas story, one little scene and it shows us what is worthy of pursuing or rather who is worthy of pursuing. Matthew chapter 2 verses 1 through 3. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose, and have come to worship him. Matthew is the only one to record for us this story of the Magi. Matthew spends very little ink on the actual birth narrative of Jesus Christ, but he spends considerable amount of ink and paper on the events surrounding Jesus' birth. One event being the wise men coming to the home of the Christ child. Well, why does Matthew do this? Well, I think if we look at the major elements in this passage, the place and the people and the purpose, we will learn why Matthew does this. Namely, that Jesus is to be the pursuit of our lives. When we read this section of Scripture, we notice that geography comes up quite a bit, in particular the city of Bethlehem. This city is mentioned in verses 1 and 2 and 4 and 5, 6 and 8 and verse 16. So the place is an important element of the message that Matthew is trying to communicate. But why? When we think of Bethlehem, I'm afraid that we have this romantic idea of the town. We may think of it as a small, quaint, bed-and-breakfast type of place that we might find in between major cities. But I don't think that's the case. Bethlehem was a city of has-beens. Some important events had taken place there in Israel's history. Rachel had given birth to Benjamin. Ruth met and married Boaz in Bethlehem. David was born and anointed king in Bethlehem. But that was a thousand years ago from the time of our text. Nothing great had happened since then. The city of bread had grown stale and moldy. It was not a romantic place. We have a romantic idea of the manger scene with Mary lying there, cuddling the quiet, sleeping baby Jesus with lambs and cows poking their heads around their stalls, serenely looking on with a gaze as if to say, surely this baby is the Christ. I'm pretty sure that's not how it took place on that night. So why would Matthew bring so much attention to such a place as forgotten as Bethlehem? The primary reason Matthew keeps bringing up the place of Jesus' birth is to show his readers, mainly Jewish readers who were familiar with Hebrew scriptures and prophecies, that the place of his birth fulfilled scripture. In fact, the whole of Matthew's gospel aims to show how Jesus fulfills ancient Hebrew prophecy. Matthew quotes from the Old Testament more than any other New Testament author. In this gospel, he says 13 times this took place to fulfill the scripture. And all of them but one referred directly to Jesus. So what's the likelihood that all of these prophecies would be fulfilled by one man? It's not a big deal that the Messiah would be born in Bethlehem. But to be born in Bethlehem at a time when there was no rightful Jewish king, to be taken to Egypt, to be raised in Nazareth, to heal diseases, to enter Jerusalem on a donkey proclaiming his kingship, to be betrayed, to be crucified, and many others, now that's amazing. The chances, the probability of those things being fulfilled in one man are astronomical. So was it just chance, coincidence that Jesus was born in Bethlehem? Absolutely not. God stacked the odds so much against Himself that when He did make everything happen according to Scripture, we couldn't help but see that God is a faithful God who always keeps His promises, no matter what the circumstances may look like and that knowing his son is worth the pursuit. Everything you pursue in this life will, at some point in time, fail you. Whether it's a spouse, a bank account, a child, a position, it will not be able to fulfill all of its promises. Only God. So why wouldn't you pursue him? From the LifeWord team worldwide, Broadcasting in 43 languages to 121 countries and to an audience of 2 billion people, we pray that you will walk with Jesus day by day.